what a joy it is to come to God's house Sunday after Sunday and to be with a church that is vibrant, to be with a church that um, loves Jesus like no other place. And, uh, you know, I have this privilege wherever I travel, um, you know, I, I, I brag about my church. I brag in a good way. I say that this is the best uh, place uh, on all of planet. This is the best place to be at. And I happen to, um, you know, lead a congregation. And I, when I say that, you know, I would ask you to, you know, live up to what I brag about our church, right? So it's a joy. It's a joy to talk about. And last weekend, thank you for all of your prayers uh, and the support that you extended as I was ministering for the uh, uh, conference in uh, um, back in Houston. And uh, we, we had a good time ministering, um, you know, along with me was uh, Pastor Shibu Thomas from Oklahoma, IPC Hebron, and uh, we were ministering together. And it was such a blessing to see. And, uh, you know, a lot of people come and, you know, they talk whenever I travel, you know, they, we, uh, we, uh, you know, they, they watch us. They are, they are part of a church family where they might be in different churches, but, you know, I have a joy to do, uh, you know, and when I stand there, maybe I'm seeing them for the first time, but they have been seeing us. And right now I want to welcome you, you know, a lot of our families who are watching us online. So I'd like to welcome you. You are part of Zion Church. You know, we are, we are a happy community that wants to grow and that wants to prosper in God-given ideas and dimensions. And we pray that all of us will work together for what the Lord is wanting to do in our community, in our nation. Are you all happy this morning? Or it's like, it looks like uh, most of us are in food coma right now. Everything okay, right? Come on. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, last weekend, uh, I was so thankful that, um, you know, our brothers took care of the service when I, while I was not here. And thank you, Pastor Linson, who extended and who came out and uh, helped out while I was um, out of the church. Um, and I pray that there will be ministers who will rise up from our community, from our churches, who will take the lead. And, I mean, I don't want to be behind the pulpit all the time. That's not me. But I pray that there will be somebody who can step up. Somebody who would, I mean, I, 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 I wanted to hear if somebody is there, you know, who said, Pastor, next weekend I want to preach. I'm, I'm ready to share my pulpit with that person. If you're called and if you're anointed, if you have a word from the Lord, come talk. Let's do it together. And I believe church has to be done together. Do you agree with me? Amen. Just one brother. Come on. This weekend again, we are looking into um, what we started two weeks ago, the DNA of our church and week one we understood the dna of the new testament church or the dna of our church in particular i don't want to talk about the other churches but in general our church our church in particular uh, we want to talk about god has asked and instituted and asked us and given us this mandate of a great commission which roots back to the dna dna helps and helps us to trace back of who you were what your ancestry looks like is it true you know it helps us to trace back of who and what your origins are and where you come from. A guy recently found out that his, his traditional background comes from Germany and he changed his clothing style to what his ancestors used to wear back in Germany. And people are, when they find out who, what your ancestry looks like, what you, when you find out what your roots look like, you do want to change and you do want to go into that direction because that helps you. DNA helps you to identify from where it all began. Do you understand that? 
Yes? Amen? So week one, we understood from the mission of God's word, the mission that God has commissioned to our churches in general. Uh, and for Zionists particular, we are a mission Focus mission-minded church. What it simply means is that uh, this morning, as um, you know, Brother Roy was helping us with uh, in the, the Bible study. He's helping us to understand that you know there was a lot of churches who work in programs, a lot of churches who work behind one man. There's a lot of churches who traditions. That, you know, we need to be a church which is intentional. That we don't just do our churches within our church community with here inside the four walls, but we need to be a church which is outside. Last weekend, as I was ministering at the conference. Uh, you know, thank you, Sean and Roshni were so good that they don't want to miss their pastor's message any Sunday, that they drove all the way to Houston and they were part of our service. And thank you so much, Roshni and Sean, uh, for y'all's love and uh, being there. But in the last weekend, as I was ministering at the, the conference there, there were some young people who came up to me and they're like, Pastor Justin, we've been following your church on all social media platforms and uh, so many things that you are doing and we've been wanting to do it. And I looked at this church and I, was, I think they were part of uh, 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 the church called Emmanuel. And I was, I was telling the, the young leaders of that church, you know, the church is located in one of the most busiest place, right? The most busiest shopping center is where the church is located. Beautiful church, you know, uh, uh, as I was looking, a beautiful church. But for years, they have been doing church within the church. They've been doing church inside the four walls. And I asked them, you know, you have the best location. Look around you. There are like four Indian shopping centers here. Look around you. There's like so many shopping areas where people come. This is the high traffic area. In the last so many years, how many times have you done your church outside? What I mean is, you know, don't just bring your church and do another church outside in your parking lot. Right? You sing two songs, one Anyabasha, one message. You know, you wipe your hands and get out of the... No, no, no. That is not what church looks like. I ask them, you know, what can you do where you can step outside of your four walls and be a church which is engaging with the community? When you have a resource like this, how can you go missing? How can you lose this importance? And they've been talking, I, I, the, the youth pastor reached out the other day and he's like, Pastor Justin, we want to do something different. I'm like, God is with you. God is with you. God is with you. I was talking to Pastor Shaji from IPC uh, uh, Church the other day. And Pastor Shaji was like, you know, Pastor Justin, we've been seeing the, the things that you're doing and, 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 and the church is doing and prospering here in Dallas. I'm like, yeah, oh, Pastor was saying, I've been wanting to do this for such a long time in our community. And every time I do it, it's, it's, it's so many hitchbacks, so many, so many turmoils that I have to go through. I'm proud that we understand who we are. And we know before we go forward, we need to recognize who we are and we are headed to, where we are headed to, with an intention that we want people to know, to know the saving grace of the gospel. This is all what Christ has wanted our churches to look like and to be like, and we are intentional about it. And week two, I talked about the values of our, week one was more about the mission, week two was the value, and one of the most important things about the value of any church is I mentioned about like father, like son. I mentioned about we replicate who Christ is, we show who Christ is in our life. How do I, how do I mention that? What do I say this? It's because our church in general, we have to be known as a community that loves people we go after we chase after them and we love them we throw them and the word that i use we will kill them with our love we want to love people we want to love people is what our community we don't want to judge people 
We want to help them to stand in the standing of the word of God. Help them to understand, but in a loving way. In a loving way. We want to stand with them in a loving way. Encourage people. How many times have you encouraged somebody? In through your words? How long has it been that when you see something amazing going on, you have come up to that person, you know, Molly, you do good. Money, you did wonderful, amazing. Brother, you did an awesome job. But all the time what we try to do is we sit there, try to identify what mistake that guy is going to make right now. That is the only agenda. And that is a danger in our Pentecostal church. That is a danger because the devil has delusioned our mind that we are walking away from the grace and we are standing to just find mistakes and faults. That is the idea of a devil. We are not known as the son of a devil. We are known as a son of God. Son of a God. Son of God is a son who can love people, who can encourage people, who can support them. Even if you cannot do a lot of stuff, don't say things that can discourage who are doing stuff. Be a person who can encourage. In Malayalam, you know, uh, uh, my father used to say, you know, <laughs> Be a person who can stand along and encourage one another in everything that we do. In everything we do. Your words are very important. We need to be known as a church that is rooted in the love of God, standing with them, walking with them in this course, in this journey. I cannot do it by myself, but I believe together we can. All of us, we can. And together we are greater and greater in the sight of God Almighty. And this morning, I want to bring our attention towards, in the next aspect of, of the church DNA series that I've been doing, we want to be known as a church that pursues His presence more than anything else. A church that is constantly pursuing after God. In life, all of us, we are pursuing something. We're chasing after something in life. It could be our job. It could be a career. It could be, a, it could be our education. It could be our status. It could be a lot of other X, Y, Z things that has come to your mind. We are always chasing after something. Is it true? There is something, as Brother Roy was helping us this morning, there is something that is driving us. There is something that is constantly pushing us and we are pursuing after something in our life all the time. And, and in, 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 in a nutshell, you know, when we understand that, we understand either it is something that is God-given or it is something that is not God-given that we are chasing. There's no in-between. No in-between. Either some, we are chasing after something that has God ordained in our life or we are chasing after something that is not God ordained in our life. Understand the value of what God has ordained in our life. As when we pursue things, when we pursue things, what are the things God has ordained in our life that we can pursue after? Are you trying to understand this? What are the things that we are chasing after this morning? This, this in, in our life. What are the things that, where, where is our, uh, what, what is taking a lot of our time? Where do you find yourself engaged the most of the time? We as a church, we want to be identified as a church that pursues the presence of God Almighty. In all of our services, not just Sunday morning, but Saturday night. And not just Saturday night, but Thursday evening. And not just Thursday evening, but Tuesday night. And not just these four days, but the every other day of our church, where it looks like when we don't gather here as a church body, when you are by yourself, we want to be known as a person, as an individual that pursues the presence of God Almighty. A church that pursues the presence. 
is a church that is always separated. Bible says, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. We as a church, we are placed in the world. But pursuing His presence separates us from the world. Are you trying to understand this? Oh, my direction is, I am pursuing after God. I don't know what you are pursuing after. If you want to follow me, I will lead you to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Because I know where I am heading to. I follow Christ in my life. In everything that I do. In everything. My talk, I want to follow Christ. In my social media, I want to follow Christ. In my family life, I want to follow Christ. In my church, I want to follow Christ. In my leadership, I want to follow Christ. In my worship, I want to follow Christ. That's my desire, God. I want to be known as an individual, as a pastor, and leading a community that is pursuing God. And that is something very important that we have to understand. The DNA of our church should replicate, understand that we want to be known as a church that pursues the presence of God. From the very beginning, from the very beginning of creation, God has wanted to have fellowship with people. When he created Adam and Eve, every evening at the cool of night, what, what happens was he comes down to have fellowship. What it simply means is people were interacting with God. His presence is all over, but now he just steps down from his heavenly throne and comes down to have fellowship, which simply means was he wanted to have a place where he can share his presence with his created being. And that is what missing out in our generation, that we are running away from the presence of God. Let us come back. God is waiting for us. Let us come back. God is waiting for us. The DNF church is a church that pursues the presence of God Almighty. Let's read a scripture, Psalm 63, verse 1. Psalm 63, verse 1. It says, you, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I long for you, God. You are my God. And earnestly, I seek your face. I seek you. You are my God. Who writes this? David, in the midst of his struggles, in the midst of his oppression, in the midst of what he was going through, running after from kings and his children, he's running for to, to save his life. And as he's running away, this is the word he writes. Lord, you are my God. And earnestly, I seek you. Where do I seek you? My soul longs for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land. You and me today in our world, it may look colorful. But in general, I want to say that this world is dry and parched if it does not have the presence of God. And today as a community, we have to understand God. All I need is your presence. Let your presence drive our life. Let your presence drive our church. Let your presence drive all our families together. Your presence is all I need. And David would say, God, you're my God. But in this dry and parched land, all I seek is just your presence. In the Old Testament, we come to the understanding was uh, uh, the face of God. You know, Bible says that David oftentimes in Psalms, he would help us to understand that he would mention that, that, that Lord, I want to see your face. And the face of God simply means the presence of God. In the face of God simply makes it understand the presence of God Almighty. 
and David is kind of in his he's helping us to realize in the, in the scriptures here all we need in our life in in a journey in a place where is completely dry and parched is just the face of God to smile over our life to have the face of God rule our life it's the presence of God Almighty and David helps us to understand God all I need in my life are your world looking dry right now? Are you in a place where it's, com it's completely dry and parched and you have no habitation, you have no cultivation, you have nothing going good in your side? Are you in a dry place? All you can do is this prayer that David is making. God, my soul longs for you. I am thirsty for you. What are we thirsty for? If we are thirsty, we, are, we, we will do whatever it takes for us to get to water. If we are hungry, we will do whatever it takes for us to get food. How thirsty are you? How hungry are you for the presence of God Almighty? And what matters is, you know, the way we posture ourselves in church, it, it matters. When somebody is hungry, what they do? I am really, it shows on their face that I am hungry. When somebody is thirsty, it shows on their face that there's something that has gone missing in their life. Their posture reveals us that there's something that they're lacking. And then we are able to help them. Your posture in the presence of God matters the most. Matters the most. As we go below that, we understand with Luke chapter 12 verse 34, Jesus is helping his disciples and his own lookers and everybody. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Two important words here. Number one, treasure. Number two, your heart. A treasure is something that we value and we pursue in our life. We chase after treasures. It could be family. It could be anything. You can name it. What's it's the most important treasure in your life? We want to do everything possible to take care of what God has given us, us as a treasure in our life. A treasure is something that you value the most and you pursue after it. You chase after it. You run after it. You long to grab it, to get it, to make it yours. And what are the things that we value as a treasure in our life? Bible says Jesus himself was speaking these words and he said, For where your heart is, there your treasure. I can find out where your heart is. Or I can find where your treasure is by knowing where your heart is longing after. What your heart is longing after. Heart is the pump house of life. It pumps out emotions. What is your heart like today? Some of us, we need a correction. We need a treatment in our heart. We need a treatment in our heart. Because sometimes it is very important to understand as a church um, is that whatever happens inside is reflected on your face. Amen? Whatever, whatever thoughts, you know, some of you are like, oh, that is reflected on your face. I can see that right now. Whatever is going inside your heart is reflected on your, on your face. And that's why in the Old Testament, a couple of weeks ago, I preached about this. Countenance, a right countenance was very much appreciated in any king's chambers in the Old Testament. We talked about Nehemiah. When Nehemiah walked in, who was Nehemiah? Nehemiah was a chief official for the king. And when he walked in, when he walked in, his face was downcast. And the king looked at Nehemiah and said, why is your face 
downcast. Why do you look so worried? There is something that is bothering your heart. A bad countenance was never tolerated by any king. King was, oh, oh, the, the Old Testament kings always wanted anybody who serves in their team should always have a joyful face. If somebody is coming and giving, giving me food, no, Kaicho. If somebody is giving me food, I want the person to have a joyful face. Nehemiah's job was to provide wine to the king. And the king did not want to taste his wine if his face was downcast. The king wanted to taste it only if he had a joyful, bubbly face. But the moment he understood, the moment he saw Nehemiah's face was downcast, the king recognized. If an earthly king can recognize the face, the downcast face of a earthly person, his own people here. How more, how more can our God identify of what is going on within ourselves? Some of us who are gathered here, we come from different situations, different battles, different work scenarios, different educational scenarios. We all have going through struggles in our life. But in the midst of all that, when you come here, our heart is filled with joy. Because even in the midst of my struggle, I know who holds my life together. That is the hope of a Christian church and that helps us to have a good countenance on our face. A countenance, a joyful countenance on our face. It's very important. When you come to God's house for worship, have a joyful countenance. God is looking after that. He wants to see how, how your heart is filled with gratitude. If your heart is filled with gratitude, it is reflected on your face. It is reflected on the words that you bring out. Sometimes, you know, I stand here with worship with the kids here and I tell them, you know, we put the songs out there. You can read those songs and understand the meaning of those songs. You can sing with them. How are we postured in God's presence? What are we pursuing after in our life? We as a church, we need to know that we are pursuing His presence in everything. Our posture matters in the presence of God. Our countenance. Be a person who has a joyful countenance in God's house. When you walk in, when you greet, when you meet with people, have a joyful countenance. As we go forward, we understand pursuit of God is a lifelong quest. It's not something, no, nothing. It's about, I am continuing to pursue God until I meet with my maker. And that is very important. A lot of us, what we do is that we come, enter the saving grace of Jesus Christ, and we, 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 we accept Him as the Savior of our life. We go through salvation process. Then we baptize in water. And then we're done. We're done with our life. We say that I am done. I'm a believer. Baptism does not help you to become a Pentecostal. Or baptism is not the mark for you to become a Pentecostal. It is just for you to join with Christ in your decision. But then your life starts from there. You're on this constant process. You're walking this journey to be with our maker. Are you trying to understand this? A lot of us would be like, whoa, I have, I have, I'm baptized. I'm saved. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I can sing in Anyabasha for two hours long. All that is really good. But our journey does not end right there. We are constantly walking. We are constantly pursuing. Pursuing God is a lifelong quest until and until I meet with my maker. 
If the heaven cracks open and my Christ comes back and I become one with the Lord in the unification, I know and I know from the bottom of my heart, I am still pursuing Jesus. What are we pursuing in our life? What are the things we are pursuing in our life? What are the desires that are being driving our life? And in this generation, we can awaken as a church. And all those who are hearing me, all those who are hearing me, let's be a church that pursues the presence of God. Chasing after the presence of God. If there is something valuable, you will chase after it no matter what it takes. Even if your life is at stake, you will chase after that valuable just to gather it, just to capture it, just to make it your own. Is that true in our life? Is that true in our life? Pursuing God should be the epitome. It should be the basic. It should be the most important challenge of our life. That we chase after it. We pursue it no matter what it takes. No matter what hurdles we have to go through. I will chase after it. I will pursue it. Pursuing God is a lifelong quest of our life. I'm going to waste low from leaving my normal tangent of you know, ministry, and I'm just going on a very slow pace because I want our church to understand during our DNA series. We want to be known as our worship team. I want you all to understand the leadership. I want you all, we need to be known as a church that pursues the presence of God in everything. I'm praying, God, keep us so engaged and busy chasing after your presence that everything else will be secondary in our life. Do you understand? I'm going to repeat that. God, help us to chase after and make us so busy chasing after your presence that everything else will be secondary in my life. Nothing is more valuable than the presence of God in our life. Moses would say, God, if your presence does not lead me, I am not. Because Moses knows one thing. When God's presence is leading, every shut door will be open. Why are we so in our, in our own dungeons and we place ourselves within our own shackles? The reason is because we have not allowed God's presence to lead us. In our families, in our personal life, allow the presence of God. Let the presence of God, let heaven invade your personal circumstances. Lord, make us busy. Make us busy. Make me busy chasing after your presence. Sometimes when, you know, I was meeting with somebody recently and I was praying with them. Sometimes when struggles come in our life, we go looking after where our help can be. Whoever can help us out of the struggle is where we reach out to the first. Is that true? Right? Right? I know when Anisha was pregnant with Josiah, any time she had, she had pain or any time she was going through that struggle, you know, um, she would definitely call me, but I don't know the signs behind it. So she will immediately, I'll tell you, you know, why don't you call your mom? Because I know even though mom is in India, she might understand and help her to navigate through the process. Are you trying to understand parents here? You might have gone through the situation. We always run to somebody from where our help can come from. I know one thing. In the entire universe, man will always fail me. But when I chase after God, he will never ever fail me. Because I know who is my rescuer in my life. He's the only one. My immediate response to any given trial in my life as a Christian, as a child of God, in any given trial in your life, 
the immediate response of you should always be, God, my God, I am in deep trouble. I need your help. And that is how we recognize, are you standing in good faith in God Almighty? My God, I'm in deep trouble. I need your help. I cannot come out of this mess if you don't help me. I need you. From the stories of David, we understand. He looked for men for help. He looked for the sons for help. Nobody turned their face on him. And everybody turned their back. And David realized, in the midst of my jungle, I have one name that I can call upon. When the lion comes against me, I have one name to call upon. When the bear comes against me, I have one name to call upon. When Goliath marches against me, I have one name to call upon. When the Philistines march up against me, I have one name to call upon. It is the name of God Almighty and I will continue to pursue and chase after what God is. Lord, make me busy. This is my prayer. Lord, make me busy chasing after your presence that everything else in life becomes secondary. For some of us, God is the side dish. No, 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 no. God is the main entree. He's the main dish of our life. It's not as the side pickles. It's not as the French fries here that we want to just eat once in a while. No, no, no. He is the main portion. God is the main portion. And that is why I'm saying the DNF church, we need to recognize and understand we want to be known as a community, as a life that pursues the presence of God. The problem last week, you know, I, I was preaching at, at the church and I told IPC folks, you know, I may get into trouble for preaching this, but if, even if it does get me into trouble, I don't care. I'm going to preach it, right? I told them, you know, my father came out of the Martoma church to minister to non-believers. My mom did the same. And I see a lot of our pastors who are doing the same. We've come from traditional mainline churches and uh, uh, to minister to now this is what I told them. I'm coming out of the Pentecostal church to minister. The reason why I say that, the reason why I say that is because some of us has made Pentecostal a religion. Pentecostal was never meant to be a religion. It is an experience. What was an experience, people have made it into be a, a religion. Nobody wants it. We have so many religions in the world. Who cares about religion? We care about the presence of God. Pentecostal experience was more about the indwelling of the presence of God that cracked open the skies and invaded the circumstances of people who were waiting for the coming of Jesus Christ. Pentecostal is more about an experience. It's an experience. My name may suggest I'm a Christian, but more than that, I am a child of God because I pursue Him. And I told the IPC folks last week, and some of the pastors, you know, he, they came up to me and said, that was really good. I'm like, thank you, pastor. But I had the boldness to speak it out in the crowd. I'm coming out of the Pentecostal church to just minister to people who does not look, who cannot worship. I want to minister to them. Are you trying to understand this? Don't take this in any other wrong way. Pentecostalism was never a religion. It was an experience. It is an experience and it will always be an experience. And a lot of our young generation must understand that we must gather back into that experience because without that experience, we are an utter failure in our life. We got to have the Spirit of the Holy Ghost to help us navigate in the dry and past world. And that's why David helps us to understand, Lord, my soul thirsts for you in this dry and past land. I'm thirsty for you, God. How many of you drank water this morning? Nobody? Show, show me your hands. Yeah, good, good. You all drank water. After we eat our food today, 
Do you drink water again? In the evening, will you drink water again? Why? Why? What is the word? Why? Why, Benjamin? You're thirsty. Come on, say, you're thirsty. Yeah. We do it because we are thirsty. So if you, you cannot stay out of water, you must drink it three or four times or five times. You must drink it. What about the presence of God? Because that is how, that is how David is trying to help us understand this entire process. God, my soul thirsts for you. I drink water today. I will drink water another two hours. I will drink water tomorrow. And I continue to do so because that is how I am living this life. I cannot stay away from water because that is the main source of my life. How can I not engage in pursuing after the presence of God? Some of us are really happy because five years ago we had an encounter and we had an upper room experience. But after that, it is all gone downside. And we need to be a church that is engaging in that period. Pentecostal experience, back again. It is not Assemblies of God, it's a Pentecostal church. Church of God is a Pentecostal church. IPC has the Pentecostal in their denominational name itself. But more than that, more than my message to our church is come back to the experience of where it all began. Pursuing and chasing after God's presence is part of the DNA of what God has placed us, our church to be. If we drift away, we lose us a church. If we drift away, we fail as a church. Pursuing His presence. When we pursue His presence, everything else comes secondary. All the other negative stuff that is part of our life will come secondary. We have no time for jealousy. We have no time for commotion. We have no time to pull people down. We have no time to discourage families. We have no time to judge people because all I am doing is to look into my life and I am pursuing my master. Every single day of my life, I am every single step that I keep, every single day, I am just chasing, I am just pursuing, I am just running after, looking and longing for the presence of God and everything else is secondary. Some of us, you know, when we look into the life habits and the way people are positioned, we know what they are chasing after. We know what they are chasing after. You have changed. Come back to where it all began. We need the presence of God. We need the presence of God. We need the presence of God. Not just the songs, not just the message, but when somebody walks into the church campus, they should realize this place, there's something different. I know, I know situations when, when people, we ask them to bring those families to our church and they were driving all the way to our church and the evil spirits, the demonic spirits never allowed them to reach our area. Never allowed them to reach our area because demons cannot sit where there's a strong presence of God. There's a strong presence of God. Pentecostalism is not a religion. It is an experience. The DNA of our church, I don't care about the other churches. I do. I love them. If they're watching, they want to understand this, let them. But as Zion Church, we need to understand. The DNA of our church is that we long after His presence. My family, this is, this is what I believe, that we are chasing after God. Everything else comes secondary. I don't care about other stuff at all. I don't care about them. My heart's desire is God. Make me a pastor, make me a vessel, make me a useful vessel who is continuing to chase after what is your heart longing for. Chasing after God's presence. My worship team, I want to encourage you. 
people here in our media team as you are serving in different capacities. The leadership of our church in serving in different capacities. And I, I love and appreciate the entire children's church team that is working behind the scene. And all of us together, we need to be known as a church that pursues the presence of God Almighty in every single service and everything that we do to serve the body. Are you trying to understand this? You, all understand? you are getting this right? We want to be known as a church that pursues the presence of God Almighty. Let's read into another. I want to close after this. Let's read into another portion. It's about... Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23, it says, Above all, guard your heart because it is the wellspring of life. Above all, guard your heart. Whatever is valuable, you will protect it. Right? Whatever is valuable, you will protect it. Pentecostal homes, we don't have a lot of gold, so it's okay. But whatever is valuable to us, you know, we try to protect and keep it in hidden, in hidden lockers. We will protect it. Is it true? Do you just keep your $1,000 on or... You know, $100,000 just on your dining table. Oh, today I got $100,000. I'm going to just keep it here for, for one month. I just want to see. No, you save it. You protect it. You guard it. Why? Because it is something that your life counts upon. It is your valuable thing. It is your treasure. And that's why in, in Proverbs, the writer helps us to understand what, whatever is valuable to you, you got to protect your heart. It's very valuable. Do not let people to sow the evil seeds in your heart. You hear my message today and tomorrow you go back into your own social media, in your own spaces, in your own places of work and you hear from people. And can I tell you something? Can I tell you? You know, a lot of time people come and talk to me about somebody else, them, this. Honestly, I don't care, right? I have no time to talk about somebody else's business. No, I don't want to do that, right? The moment they come and talk to you about somebody else, know that they are talking about you to somebody else. It's a cycle which goes on. That is the media, how it works. Because advertisement industry works in this kind of propaganda where they have to build something new all the time. They have to build. It goes on. It's a cycle. Honestly, I don't have a time. You have a time, you can spend your time on that. But what I'm trying to share here is my heart has to be protected. Do not let people show the evil seeds in your heart. Oh, Shotram. Sugar patient will let Ralkar on the Kaibokan, Dinikaria, Nanaka, I can burn the potter. Yeniku, Ilandum, potter. What the doctor will help us to understand is if you have some problem, you need to stay away from sugary products. You continue to eat that. We had a brother back in Arizona. He had, he's around 75, 80 years old. He had the sugar problem. And, uh, he likes sweets so much that every time he goes to the store, he gets one big dabba of rasgulla, gulab jamun, and every Indian sweets. He's been living here for many years. So every Indian sweets that he's craving for, he gets it. And he has sugar problem, right? Auntie comes and tells me, Auntie, pastor. And you know, I'm like, uncle, to itna bada ho gaya hai. kya batonga inko? What will I communicate? You know, and this uncle eats all the sugar. One fine day, he was so sick, he was so sick, they had to amputate one of his legs, right? And then, he, I thought maybe he will stop now. But he goes back in his two-wheeler, he goes back in his wheeler, you know, the, 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 the vehicle that the insurance has provided, he goes on that, and he carries more sweets and comes home, and he continues to eat that. They had to amputate his next leg. He was bedridden for almost eight months, completely bedridden. Everybody thought he's going to pass out, he's going to die now. But then he recovered somehow. He goes back to the same shop and he grabs more and more and more. Some of our life are like this. 
Some of our life are like this. We know that we have to protect our heart. Do not let the devil sow his wicked seeds in your heart. Amen. Your heart is very valuable. I repeat, your heart is very valuable. I want to be known as a pastor whose heart is sold out for Jesus. I want our church to be known as a church whose heart is sold out for Jesus. Anything that is of the kingdom, I am for it. Anything that is part of the kingdom, I am, I'm repeat. Anything that is part of God's kingdom, I am for it. And I will long for it and I will stand for it. That is my conviction. And I pray we as a church, will be, can I have the worship team behind me? We as a church, we will be known as a church that pursues God. As a church that longs after God. No matter what it comes, no matter what it takes, no matter how challenging it could be, but I will protect my heart from every evil world. Tomorrow if I receive a phone call from somebody who says, Oh, yo, you care to other care to other angani ayarno, Sahodri, any samayam illa, end of Ishayam, the Ivom, the Iva Sanidiamana. Sahodra, any kind of samayam illa, I have no time for it. Any ki vishayam, the Iva Rajam, the any ki vishayam, the Iva Tinda Sanidam, other land, any ki vero, paribadi illa, Ningaka chalpam, phone, thirty per parnian or poila. But your standing with God will be corrected. Are you trying to understand this? Your standing with God will be corrected. You know, the story uh, that I want to bring your attention towards is as the music goes slow and everybody is prepared. The story that I want to bring your attention towards that as I wind up here is Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 10 is a story of this short man. What was his name? Zacchaeus. What was his name, John? Zacchaeus. And this guy had the only intention. What was his intention? What was his desire? To? To see Jesus. He can do whatever it takes to see. Somebody told him, there is a magician. Somebody told him, there is this great guru. Somebody told him, there is this great guy who has come to this town. And the, the little heart of the short man is only to see Jesus. Jesus. He will do whatever it takes. And he's running. He's running and he's running. He sees all these tall Jewish people. And these people will not come here. And these people will not allow him to see Jesus. He's jumping. He's trying everything possible to see. But these people are so carried away with themselves. They never allowed Jesus. Thank you. They never allowed Jesus. They never allowed Zacchaeus to visualize and see Jesus. But Zacchaeus never pulling himself back in the situation. He's like, I will take anything it takes to see this Lord. What he does, we know the story. He climbs on through that tree. With great difficulty, he climbs onto that tree and eagerly waits there. If Jesus will cross through this way. Only he wanted to do was to see Jesus Christ. But what my master does is, if you are ready to take one step, he is ready to march this life with you. That is the beauty of when you invite the presence of God. It is not just you pursuing. In relationship, it's always husband pursues the wife. Wife pursues the husband. Only then your relationship is colorful. It's meaningful. In any relationship, you must pursue each other. 
My voice out in my generation as John the Baptist cries out in the wilderness is come on church we can long after him more pursuing his presence is more valuable than any other treasure in the entire world logathinte vere oru nanma tarathathum anugraham deiva sannidham nammude jeevathil tharum vere oru nanma tarathathe anugraham deiva sannidham today we will be a church that longs after god zacchaeus decided can we all stand up zacchaeus decided and he he climbed that tree jesus stooped came down looked up to zacchaeus and zacchaeus baby you man, you be waiting there for too long come down i want to come with you i want to come with you i want to you have to understand the imagery here in every other religion you look up to god right In every other religion, you look up to God. In Jesus' faith, in Christian faith, Jesus lowered himself so down that people started looking him down. And Jesus didn't like, can I, can you come with me? Let's go out for a meal. And that is the promise of Jesus. And today he's inviting some of us. He's inviting to take this journey. If you are ready, if you call him in your heart. I don't know why the Lord is leading me to say this. I know this is a born again believer church. But today my Lord is asking some of you all. We need a recommitment. A rekindle of our faith in our life. That we understand the Lord. All I need in my life is not my wealth. My position. My possession. My family. All I need is you. And you. I desire you. and i long i long